Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We've all seen people, right? We've all seen people whose lives have been destroyed by sin. And we've seen people whose families have been ruined by sin. And yet we, we, we still engage in those sins. The very things that we've seen destroy other people's lives, we'll still fool around with it. Even though we know it's destructive. Many of us can be rather quick to have an opinion of the constant folly of Israel and how they constantly forsook the Lord. As easy as it is to claim that they should have known better, we would do well to recognize the warnings in our own lives. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on Judah's failure to recognize the severity of sin after witnessing Israel's destruction. In his study, you'll be encouraged to take the warnings around you seriously and to quickly recognize the destruction of sin when you see it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 23 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. when it talks about the Assyrians being clothed in purple, captains and rulers, desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. That, that's talking about her, her power and her wealth. And so, uh, so the northern kingdom was attracted to that. The northern kingdom was attracted to Assyria's way of life, including Assyria's gods. Now, why their gods? Because in the ancient world, people understood that a nation's power and strength and wealth came from their gods. Their gods that they worshipped were the source of their success as a nation. And so the northern kingdom began to worship the gods of the Assyrians because they knew the gods that they worshipped. That's the secret of all their success as a nation. So they began to worship the Assyrian gods in the northern kingdom. And they believed that the Assyrian gods would would prosper them and give them strength and wealth and power just like the Assyrian empire. You know, a couple applications for us. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, it warns us to love not the world nor the things of the world. And here's the northern kingdom and they see the great wealth and the prosperity and the power of the Assyrians and, and they desire that. They want to be like the Assyrians. And we're not to love the world or the things of the world. The northern kingdom loved the things that the Assyrians possessed. They lusted 
after them. Proverbs 24, 1 says, do not envy the wicked. Do not desire their company. They were envious of the wicked. They were envious of what the wicked had. And the New Testament says, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. To be godly and content with what God gives you, that's great gain. Proverbs 3, verse 31 says, Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. That's exactly what the northern kingdom did. They envied the violent Assyrians. They were renowned for their violence and the way that they treated nations that they conquered. In fact, there are records of some kingdoms and nations when the Assyrians came to conquer them, all the people just committed suicide rather than fall into the hands of the Assyrians because the Assyrians were so brutal. God says in Proverbs, do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. And they were envious of violent people and chose their ways and their gods. Proverbs twenty three seventeen: do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Instead of envying sinners, we should be zealous for the fear of the Lord. You know, having reverence for God in our lives. Now look what happens in verse 9. The northern kingdom goes after the Assyrians and desires what the Assyrians have. So verse 9, therefore, God says, I have delivered her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians for whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, took away her sons and daughters and slew her with the sword. She became a byword among women for they had executed judgment on her. The Assyrians, we, we know this, we've studied this in our Old Testament study. The Assyrians turned against the northern kingdom of Israel and invaded their land and conquered them in 722 B.C. And so the, the, the very thing that the northern kingdom lusted after destroyed them. And the lesson there for us is that sin can turn against you and destroy you. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, but then that season comes to an end. And our, our sin can turn against us and lead to our destruction, just as it did with the northern kingdom. Now, verse 11. Now, although her sister Aholabah saw this, she became more corrupt in her lust than she, and in her harlotry, more corrupt than her sister's harlotry. You know, as I mentioned, Assyria is destroyed in 722 B.C. I'm sorry, the northern kingdom is destroyed in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom is destroyed in 586 B.C., so about 130 years or so later. The southern kingdom of Judah saw what happened to the northern kingdom. And you would think seeing Assyria turn against the northern kingdom and destroy them would cause the southern kingdom to never do the same thing. You know, once they saw what happened to the northern kingdom, you, you would think that the southern kingdom would learn a lesson from the northern kingdom. We've all seen people, right? We've all seen people whose lives have been destroyed by sin. 
And we've seen people whose families have been ruined by sin. And yet we, we, we still engage in those sins. The very things that we've seen destroy other people's lives, we'll still fool around with it. Even though we know it's destructive. You know, in the Proverbs it says, if a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But not mankind. That's the whole point of what Proverbs is saying. Uh, if, a, if a bird sees a trap being set for it, it, it'll stay away from that trap. But mankind doesn't stay away from a trap. Mankind is not as smart as a bird. When it comes to avoiding a trap that we know, it's a trap. We'll still go after it. The southern kingdom of Judah saw what happened to the northern kingdom. And yet it says she became even more corrupt in her lust. The southern kingdom became more corrupt in prostituting herself to other nations and other gods. In other words, the southern kingdom was worse than the northern kingdom. They went the opposite direction. They, they learned nothing from seeing what happened to Samaria. And God says here, you, you are, you're worse than the Samaritans. Now, for, for the Jews living in Jerusalem and Judah, they viewed themselves as far more godly and righteous than the Samaritans. In their minds, the, the Samaritans were compromised. They, they were corrupt spiritually. Uh, in fact, in John chapter 8, verse 48, if you're taking notes, John 8, 48, the religious leaders called Jesus a Samaritan as a derogatory term. That's how the Jews in Jerusalem viewed the Samaritans. And here, though, God says to the people in Jerusalem and Judah, you're worse than the Samaritans. Whoa. I'm sure that was pretty shocking for them to hear. What God thinks of them. Verse 12. She lusted for the neighboring Assyrians, captains and rulers clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable young men, then I saw that she was defiled, both took the same way, verse 14, but she increased her harlotry. She looked at men portrayed on the wall, images of the Chaldeans portrayed in vermilion, girded with belts around their waist, flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like captains in the manner of the Babylonians of Chaldea, the land of their Nativity, as soon as her eyes, this is speaking of the southern kingdom, as soon as her eyes saw them, she lusted for them. And she sent messengers to them in Chaldea. It says the southern kingdom saw images on the walls, paintings of the Babylonian army painted on the walls, again, depicting their strength, depicting their great wealth and prosperity, and immediately... The southern kingdom of Judah lusted for them. Oh, we, we, want, we want to be able to buy clothes like that. We want to be powerful. We, we, we want to have that kind of wealth. And so verse 16, Judah sent messengers to Chaldea. That's Babylon. They sought 
an alliance with the Babylonians. They sought a relationship with the Babylonians, even though the Babylonians were pagans, even though the Babylonians worshipped other gods, even though the Babylonians had practice and morals that were in conflict with the word of God and contradicted the word of God. But Judah ignored all of that. Because Judah wanted what the Babylonians had. They wanted the wealth and the prosperity and the materialism and all of that. So they they just ignored the wickedness of the Babylonians. They just overlooked it and they sought an alliance with them. And that led to their destruction. Now, there's an important lesson for us in this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we are told, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? And what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live them with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. As followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that we are not to be yoked together with unbelievers. We are not to enter into relationships with unbelievers, whether that is a romantic relationship, a dating relationship, which is quite often how that passage is applied, but a business relationship, a business partnership, a social alliance, a political alliance. As we are heading into another election, who are you identifying with in that? We're not to be yoked with unbelievers who do not adhere to the word of God in their standards and their morality or who do not have a biblical worldview. Paul asks the question, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? What do believers have in common with unbelievers? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Yeah, but look at how wealthy they are. Look at how powerful they are. Yeah, 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 they're wicked. Yeah, they've got these other things that I I don't agree with that. But I like the wealth. I like the prosperity. And we compromise. And we, we, we overlook the things that are ungodly because we want to be connected to the things that we agree with. And we should not just overlook or ignore the wickedness and darkness for the sake of expediency. That's what Judah did. Judah sought an alliance with Babylon and just kind of ignored all the wicked stuff. All the bad stuff, all the ungodly stuff. We don't want to do that. 
Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 17, Then the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their immorality. It's interesting that Judah was defiled by Babylon's immorality. Babylon did not become righteous by Judah's righteousness. It's the way it always works. You know, entering into that, you know, being unequally yoked with another person, you're not going to make that person righteous. They're going to make you immoral. It always goes that way. So the Babylonians defiled her with their immorality. So she was defiled by them and alienated herself from them. Verse 18, she revealed her harlotry and uncovered her nakedness. Then I alienated myself from her, God speaking, as I had alienated myself from her sister, the northern kingdom, Samaria. God says, I alienated myself. From her, just, just as a husband would separate from an unfaithful wife, God separated himself from Jerusalem, just as he had previously done with Samaria. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. It alienates us from God. It alienates our, our, our relationship. Now, we can repent of our sins, and we can ask God for forgiveness, and God will, will forgive us. And we can be restored back into a relationship with God. But, but uh, until we confess our sins and repent of them, our sins will alienate us from God. And Jerusalem and Judah, they were alienated. God, God said, I alienated myself. I separated from her. Now look at Jerusalem's response to God separating from her in verse 19. Yet she multiplied her harlotry in calling to remembrance the days of her youth when she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt for she lusted for her lovers whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys and whose issue is like the issue of of horses, thus you called to remembrance the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians pressed your bosom because of your youthful breasts. You know, one thing that God does here uh, is, is God alienates himself from them because they're, they're, they're unrepentant, and God just turns them over to their sin. And that's something that God will do. God will do to someone who, that, who is unrepentant. He will just turn them over to their sin. He'll give them what they want. God reaches a point where he says, okay, if you'd rather go sin than have a relationship with me, then go sin. And he just turns them over to it. 
In the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, verse 24, therefore God gave them over to their sinful desires. God just reached a point where he finally just gave them over. It's a very sobering thing to think that we can exhaust God's mercy, in a sense, to the point that he says, all right, I'm not going to fight you anymore. That's what you want to do. You can have it your way. Psalm 81, verse 11, But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. That's what God does. And, and when God turned over Jerusalem, you know, she multiplied her harlotry. You know, she went, she went wild in her sin. Verse 22 Therefore, Aholabah, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will stir up your lovers against you, from whom you have alienated yourself. I will bring them against you from every side. The Babylonians, all the Chaldeans, Pekod, Shoah, Koah, all the Assyrians with them, all of them desirable young men, governors and rulers, captains and men of renown, all of them riding on horses. And they shall come against you with chariots, with wagons and war horses. I mean, this is the most sophisticated weaponry of the day. With a horde of people, they shall array against you, buckler, shield and helmet all around, surround the city. I will delegate judgment to them and they shall judge you according to their Judgments. God, God uses nations to judge other nations. I will set my jealousy against you. And they shall deal furiously with you. Look what it says in verse 25. They shall remove your nose and your ears. And your remnant shall fall by the sword. They shall take your sons and your daughters. And your remnant shall be devoured by fire. This is speaking of the attack of the Babylonians against Jerusalem. They surrounded the city. They ultimately burned the city to the ground. It says in verse 25, they shall remove your nose and your ears. The Babylonians punished adulterers by cutting off their nose and their ears. It's quite a fitting punishment for Jerusalem and Judah be punished as adulterers. They've been unfaithful to God. Verse 26. They shall also strip you of your clothes. And take away your beautiful jewelry. Thus I will make you cease your lewdness. And your harlotry. Brought from the land of Egypt. So that you will not lift your eyes. to You won't even look their direction. Nor remember Egypt anymore. The thing that Judah lusted for will turn against her and destroy her, just like what happened with the northern kingdom. Again, our sin will turn against us eventually and lead to our destruction. That's why we want to walk in the light with God. You know, we want to keep our, keep our accounts short with God. You know, it says if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us of our sins. He asked- 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. Rings true.